every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. After. Whipped in by Adam Phillips towards the edge of the box, and then the shot came in from Matthew oh, McAllister, yes! and it's come come all the way in. And what a dream start that is for Morecambe! Three and a half minutes on the watch here at Adams Park, and an absolute howler from the Wickham keeper David Stockdale. A free kick whipped in by Adam Phillips cleared away on the edge of the box and there was McCalmont he didn't really hit it all that well but it bobbled through caught them all the keeper out and it's in to the back of the net Wickham nil Morecambe won what a fantastic start to this game from the shrimps I'd have to see it again but I think it could well have taken a deflection it's certainly wrong foot of David Stockdale in the uh, in the Wickham Wanderers goal and it's a dream start at Adams Park for Morecambe it's Morecambe 1 Wickham Wanderers nil I think like you, we are about as far away from that as, as we can possibly be, but uh, it looked to me as if McCalmont just mishit it, really. It, it kind of just bobbled through. May well have taken a deflection, Matt, as you say, but either way, the Wickham keeper, David Stockdale, very, very flat-footed indeed, and it just bobbled past him and almost apologetically over the line and into the net, but the Shrimps will certainly take that. A dream start for Stephen Robinson's men here at Adams Park. Wickham nil, Morecambe one in the fourth minute. Still into the feet of Nahua, who whips it back into the feet of Stockton. This is better from the Shrimps. On the back post here, oh, Adam Phillips! Morecambe have doubled their advantage. What a breakaway that was as well from the Shrimps. Nahua involved, Stockton involves, whips the ball across. Phillips created the first. He's now scored his fifth goal of the season on 26 minutes here at Adams Park. What a breakaway from Stephen Robinson's men. And it's Wickham Mill, Morecambe 2. The troops are in dream one, Dave. What a move. Great ball in from Cole Stockton on the far side. Here comes Hawkins, 25 yards from goal. He's going to pull the trigger. Oh, he took a bit of a deflection off Scott Woodson. And that is just the start to the second half that Morecambe didn't want. Horgan from 25 yards out, we didn't close him down. I think it just took a little ricochet off Wharton, which slightly wrong-footed Kyle Leatheran, and into the back of the net it goes on 49 minutes. Wickham Wanderers 1, Morecambe 2. Oh, that's a lovely header, and it's all turned around here in the blink of an eye at Adams Park, and we knew all about the aerial presence of Sam Vokes, and he has delivered the goods for Gareth Ainsworth's men. Cross coming from the right, and we simply didn't mark the form of Bernie Man. He rose highest, and he's nodded it in to the far corner past the despair dive of Kyle Leatheran to level things up here at Adams Park after 52 minutes it's Wickham Wanderers 2 Morecambe 2 hugely disappointing goal to concede we said it in the first half do not give Sam Bokes a chance like that he, he, he let, let one go missing in the uh, in the first half but another opportunity for the big man in the second half and he punishes us and it's as you were it's 2-2 and suddenly the home fans have uh, come to life a little bit. I have to ask, what did Gareth Ainsworth say to his side at half-time? They've come out a completely different team, haven't they? Now the corner flag over on that side is, is a out of my view, but I can tell you that Jacobson's going to whip it in right into the crossbar, and it's all the way in. I'm not sure whether a player got a touch on it, or perhaps Jacobson scored direct from the corner. Either way, it's all turned round here at Adams Park. A delicious corner whipped underneath the crossbar, and with 17 minutes to go here in League One, Morecambe have let a two-goal lead slip. 
Jacobson's corner and it's Wickham Wanderers 3, Morecambe 2. It's another set piece that we've been unable to defend. Really, so frustrating. We look so good defending set pieces midweek and even the game before that we looked quite solid and, and we're just resorting back to, to just not being able to, to cope with it really. That man Jacobson. Yeah, I thought it, uh, it's, it's as far away from, from us as it can possibly be from our spot here in the press box, but it looked as if it had just gone straight in. We said in the first half that I, I remember Jacobson scoring directly from a corner against Fleetwood Town in the semi-finals of the playoffs the season before last, and he's done exactly the same here. We've only seen it once. Perhaps Kyle Leatherham might be a bit disappointed he didn't get more on that. Chip towards the halfway line where... Callum Jones on the second half sub can get it to Anthony O'Connor who can just fit it down this right-hand channel looking for Jonah Ryunga trying to put Tafazoli under a bit of trouble. Go on, Ryunga, not afraid to bulldoze his way into the box and get Go a shot on. away! Yes, He's come off the bench and he may have just rescued a point for Morecambe. Jonah Ryunga, we knew what he could do from earlier in the season, back after injury, bulldozes his way into the penalty area. It may have taken a slight deflection off a Wickham shirt. We don't care. It's ended up in the back of David Stockdale's net and it's on as even again here with 10 minutes to go. Wickham Wanderers three, Morecambe three, and it's that man, Jonah Iunga. Oh my goodness me, that was incredible play from the big man. He's worked so hard to get back out there following his injury at Blackburn Rovers. We, we could see just what he offered the team before he was set back with his injury and he's come on and he's made the impact that we all wanted. Get in there Jonah, get in there. Here comes Jonah Ayunga and the juggernaut starts rolling. Ayunga not afraid to run with the ball, Ayunga tries to oh. curl it into the top corner. He needed to play Stockton in, Cole is absolutely furious and he would have been through one-on-one -on -one and Ayunga that time curls it straight down the keeper's throat. Uh, he threw his headband in, in, in pure rage there, Cole Stockton, not a happy bunny. And here come Wickham on the counter-attack and they are in the penalty area, ball across the face of six-yard box. Thompson could win it for Wickham and Thompson does indeed score. Bottom corner found, Kyle Leatherin, bodies on the pitch. And it's stoppage time. The Chairboys could well have nicked all three points. Jonah Ayunger on the break, should have fed Cole Stockton in. And from the kick out of the goalkeeper's hands, quick as a flash, it was inside the Morgan penalty area. And it's midfielder Curtis Thompson who finds the bottom corner of Kyle Leatherin's net. And that could well be the winning goal for the Chairboys here in stoppage time. It's Wickham Wanderers four, Morecambe three. Score by number Everything good we done in the first half, we didn't do in the second. We won every first contact, we landed in every second ball. We passed the ball, we carved them open at times we were passing. Should have been 4-0 at half-time, wasn't. And then we done the exact opposite second half, we didn't win a header, we didn't land on a second ball. And we became too open. Um, no matter you're screaming and shouting at them, um, that didn't change and you got punished. How do you explain that as a manager? It must be so, so hard. It's ridiculous, R ridiculous. Yeah, listen, if you don't do the basics in football well enough, we done them really well first half against a really good team and made them look average. And we didn't do them in the second half. So mentality, they are obviously going to bang balls forward, which they do. That's their game. Um, 
our boys are complaining about the second and third goal, saying it was it was two fouls, found the goalkeeper fouled on Ant for the second. Haven't seen him, still doesn't not acceptable. The first half, it was so good, wasn't it? As well against, as you say, a really good Wickham side. You played some great football, but you've got to keep it up for ninety minutes. Yeah, it's, listen, it doesn't matter what football you play. If you don't do the basics right, we didn't do the basics right. First half we did, second half we didn't. So a defeat today. You, you, obviously, we've got to talk about your red card and what happened. I asked the question, was it a foul on the goalkeeper? Quite politely. Um, didn't use any language, anything, but apparently I left my technical area. So I should have asked somebody that was 80 yards away instead of somebody who was the one closest to give the decision. But um, that was it. I asked the question and got told I had to go to the stump. After that, of course, a 93rd minute winner in the end. I mean, these late goals are killing you, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, ridiculous. Um, people standing complaining that they didn't get the ball when Jonah shot. Um, probably could have stopped it at source, but we don't defend it properly again. We're too, we're too open. First half, we were compact. First half, we won set plays. We won headers. We won tackles. We passed the ball. Second half, um, we just didn't do it. And unfortunately, just before that goal, you had a great chance as well. It was two against one, and Jonah went for the shot instead of playing in Cole. Yeah, I think he called to the left and Alfie to the right, but people make decisions, people make mistakes. That was in their six-yard box. They score from there because people stand with their arms in the air complaining. Um, a young mentality. But take that out of it. We didn't do the basics right, simple. Very much a learning curve for everyone this year, League One yourself, and hopefully, and they've got to learn from that, haven't they, quickly? They've got to learn quickly. You can't score three goals away from home and lose a game. Simply can't. Are you worried now about the, the goals you're conceding? You're always worried as a manager about goals you're conceding. Um, it might be exciting for other people, but you know, at two 0 I just didn't see them scoring. Didn't see them scoring any goals. But we dropped deeper and deeper. As I say, we lost first contacts to Vokes every single header, and they landed on every single second ball. So that you can you can work on it the whole time. Can't change the personnel. We have who we have, so people have to step up. And you know, as a collective, me included, we have to work on that massively. Otherwise, you know, we're, it's going to be a long, long season. Anthony, uh, disappointment today. Four three defeat after such a good first half. Yeah, absolutely gutted. It's the only word I can use. You know, it's lads are absolutely deflated in the dressing room, as you can understand. Um, such a good first half, and game is comfortable. And we said at half time, like you know, keep them quiet for the first five ten minutes. And timing of their first goal was absolutely horrific. Absolute backs to the wall. Then you know, their tails are up, fans are up. Like I said, timing of it was absolutely terrible. And then they score another one two two, and you think. Right, keep it tight and, you know, if a draw is not the worst result in the world, but we're absolutely gutted we didn't win the game after going two goals up. And then to score and make a 3-3 and concede in the last minute, you know, it's, I don't know, so, soft. Spoke to Stephen Robinson, obviously he wasn't happy with the second half performance. What what did go wrong after such a good first half? Like I said, timing of the goals, I reckon, just happens. You see it all the time in football, you know, and... If if a goal goes in just before half time or just after half time, it's horrible, horrible time to lose a goal. But us as a as a whole team, we need to be better. To couldn't see the goal, we need to be so much better after it to not concede again. And like I said, just soft. And it's it's a horrible term to be to be directed towards you. And football is soft, and that's what we were today. And we can't feel sorry for ourselves now. It's we're absolutely gutted. There's not make no bones about it. Absolutely distraught in the dressing room and. You know, all I can do is, is apologise you know, on, on behalf of the lads and apologise to the fans because came down again and, and supported us all the way and clapped us off the pitch even at the end. So um, we, need to, we need to put things right. The big one of 
a big fuming incident. The third goal straight from a corner. Mm. Carl Leatherin claims that he was fouled for that and maybe a foul in the second one, lead up to the second goal as well. How did you see the third goal? Yeah, it was you know we know that's what he tries to do. He tries to whip it right underneath the crossband. He he scored from corners before, and you know they tried to make it hard for the keeper to come and get you know a clean contact on it or a punch on it. And Kyle says he was fouled. I don't I don't know. I can't really comment because I was too busy trying to you know trying to stop my man from scoring. And but Kyle it seems seems to think in addressing that he was he was definitely fouled. But referees rarely you know in this division anyway rarely give you give you those ones. So. Like I said, then it's it's three two and we nick a goal back with Jonah scores a great goal, and we think, come on, hold out, just take the draw, you know, it's, you know, all right, we've lost the lead, but we'll take a point. It's not the worst result in the world. It's a difficult place to come, and then to lose that goal in the last minute, absolutely sickened again, soft. Those injury time goals, they're killing you, aren't they? That's about I'd say five or six points have cost you already this year. Yeah, like you said, you just said it there. It's it's absolutely killed us. We could be so much. So much more comfortable, you know, higher up, and could be nearly in the playoff positions with the points that we've lost. But you know, it's it's all ifs and buts, ain't it? Uh, we've just got to make sure that we're so much better. And again, we said in the dressing room there, I said we look we look soft. We, we look soft there in the first half, and we were total opposite first half. We look so so hard to beat and so solid. And like I said, the timing timing of the goals don't help because, like I said, it just gives them a leg up. And we said it in the dressing room. Don't give them anything, any encouragement, and that's exactly what we did. We need to learn to be so much better in them circumstances. But it's a young, it's a young group, and I'm dressing them now. There's only, you know, the likes of myself and Tombs and Scotty, whatever. There's, you know, there's a good, there's good heads in there with experience. But there's a lot of young boys as well, and they learn from that. You know, it's, you can use it now as a positive as well to make sure it doesn't happen again. Every game is a thriller, but I guess you would like a couple of boring one 0 two 0 wins. Yeah, exactly. The goals, the goals are there for us, and. You know, we've we've kept a few clean sheets as well, but there's there's been too many games where we've let too many soft goals in, and you know we, us as a whole team, we have to take that as as a as a collective that we need to be so much better and so much solid, and we actually pride ourselves on that, especially in training. You know, we always say, you know, we we want to press them and we're going to set it up, we're going to be hard to beat. You know, they're not going to play through us, and uh, we knew what they were going to do today. We knew they were going to be direct. You know, no no disrespect to them, they're good at it. They play percentages, and you know they got a few big lads themselves. And they played percentages first half didn't go well for them because we, we dominated and they didn't have really any chances and we scored two good goals second half was total opposite like I said timing of the first goal was you just think here we go you know same thing happened that crew we conceded first five ten minutes of the second half but obviously we went on to win that game and get third goal but when you concede goals like that you know you're you're asking for trouble Hello and welcome to the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live here on Beyond Radio and on iFollow Shrimps. We're here at Adams Park. We've lost it again in stoppage time. Shrimps fans, it's finished. Wickham Wanderers 4, Morecambe 3. So good for so long. A terrific first half. 2-0 up at the break, but then it all turned round, of course, in the second 45 minutes. I don't think I've ever seen manager Stephen Robinson as angry in his post-match interview as I uh, just have done. We'll talk about that in a sec with myself, Dave Salmon and Matt Smith from the Shrimps media team. And Matt, loads of goals once more, but uh, where do you begin again with a game like that? Yeah, just a proper game of two halves, wasn't it? You know, first half we looked absolutely magnificent. They didn't look like scoring. Um, we, we kept their attackers at bay really well. You know, we knew the threat that Volks offers to the team. And for the first half, we, uh, we reduced him to a few chances um, and we looked really good. 
going forwards. Uh, we could have had more than the two that we scored, but we went in full of confidence and for whatever reason we came out in the second half and it was completely different. You know, they were they were it was like they scored two in the in the first half with the way they came out for the second forty five. Um and you know they responded really well, got the the two goals in the first ten minutes, um, and then just looked to push on from there. So I don't think, Matt, I've ever seen Stephen Robinson as apoplectic. He kept it calm in his post-match interview, of course, but you could see in his eyes. I've never seen him so angry as that. No, um, it's just I guess it's it's a natural reaction to you know what 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 we've just seen. Um, we, we we could well have been far and away in terms of the scoring front in the first half um, and then we know what this team's about we know the quality that they possess so when you consider all that and then to go away and, and play the second half the way we did I think, don't get me wrong they're a very good side Wickham but I think we made it a bit easier for them than we would have liked to have done um, so you can totally understand his frustrations It's those set pieces again isn't it was the keeper blocked off maybe he was maybe he wasn't was Anto Connor fell for the second goal Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Either way, we've got to be stronger at defending those kind of balls. Yeah, and I touched on it in commentary, you know, um, the past couple of weeks, we have been. And that's that's another source of frustration. You know, we have been good at, at defending the set pieces and keeping those kind of chances at bay. So to go and concede a few of the goals that we have done this afternoon, it kind of almost makes you feel back to square one. So it's another source of frustration, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, we've got full faith in, in obviously the gaffer and, and the team to, to put it right on the training ground. You know, I've, I've absolutely full confidence in that. Trust the process, I think, is what we said in the first half, didn't we? And it was going so well. Got the two goals. Yes, maybe the first goal, a, a little bit lucky from, from, from Alfie. He's not going to score a scuffed effort that goes through and, and into the back of net like that ever again. But we certainly would have taken that. But some of the football we played was terrific. So we just need to put that together now for 90 minutes, don't we? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about keeping the scoring at the attacking end and keeping them out at the defensive end. You know, it's like Anthony touched on in his post-match. It's soft goals that's killing us, unfortunately, at the moment. So the sooner we cut them out, then we'll be in a much better position, it goes without saying. And fair play to the skipper for coming out and fronting up and being so honest and, and, and apologising to the travelling fans. I think that was absolutely the right thing to do. And he speaks well, doesn't he, Ant? I think he's a, you know, in that regard, he's, he's a good leader of the team. Um, but just, just for me, Robbo was... I've never seen him like that. I've, I've just, just the anger... The rage and and because it was all our own fault, it was our own, our own downfall, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, shows he's passionate about it. Shows that he cares, mm. and he shows it what it means to him. So, you look at it from that point of view, and a, f- a few fans, I'm sure, would, would argue that that's the kind of reaction they want to see. But for his point of view and from the team's point of view, it's about reaction on the pitch, and we've absolutely got to put it right. Next league game being Cambridge, of course, next weekend. But, you know, if we start off with a strong positive result against Hartlepool in the Papa John's Trophy, then, um, you know, it, it's a start and we'll, we'll look to build on that. We'll touch on that very finely, just a tick, Matt, if we may. But uh, in terms of the game this afternoon, yes, the soft goals, yes, the injury time concessions, yes, not being physical enough at set pieces, not being strong enough. But we've also, as well, got to perhaps consider making better decisions in the final third. It, it could have all turned, couldn't it? I mean, yes, Jonah scored a fantastic goal, his first for the club. We thought he'd rescued a point, and that was terrific as, for what it was. But the second breakaway, 
if he slips in, I'm not saying Cole Stockton then goes on to score or Alfie McCalmont goes on to score, but he was a little bit selfish. You could, I suppose, understand why, given the goal he had scored, but perhaps he slips in Cole, Cole scores, and suddenly it's a different matter. Literally 15 seconds later, the ball's in the back of the net at the other end. It's one of those, isn't it? It's, um, you, you'll never know, like you say. It could well have, have laid Cole off and Cole might have missed it, and then it would be, well... Why didn't Jonah go on and take the shot? It's we're never going to know. It's, yeah, yeah. it's it's one of them. Unfortunately, yeah. we just got to live in in the reality of the situation, which is that obviously we've uh, from such a strong position we've we've gone on to to lose the game. You know, another source of frustration for me, and I'm sure it's the same for for the lads and the gaffer that we obviously gone three two down and we got back to level things again. You know, we we're up against it for large parts of the second half. But we, we fought our way back in and we got back on level terms. And, you know, like Anthony said, from that position, you, you take a draw all day long. So to, to not even come away with a point is massively disappointing. So to Hartlepool, a glamorous Papa John's away trip on, on Tuesday night up to the northeast. Uh, you and I will be there, Matt, of course. And a much changed Shrimps team, you would imagine. We need to give people minutes. I'd imagine Jonah will, will start. We'll obviously rest Cole and, and, and Toombs and, and other big players. But I think after that second half, a couple of the first-team regulars might find themselves in action. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, it's, it's the beauty of those kinds of competitions, isn't it? I mean, mm. don't get me wrong, we respect the competition, of course. You know, the gaffer respects every game. He wants to win every game. Um, and that's the perks of having such a strong squad that we do. You know, we can see the lads that we haven't really seen much of. You know, you look at the likes of Jacob Mensah, um, and obviously, I think it was Scotty Wooten's first start against Everton yeah. in this competition. And he put in such a good shift. It can and, spur, and, spur you on for the league, yeah, can't it? Of course, it can. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly what he's done. So there'll, there'll be other lads in the team looking to do just that. Um, and like we say, hopefully, we can respond to a disappointing result today with a win on Tuesday night, which would set us up nicely for Cambridge at home on Saturday. Matt, thanks very much indeed. Now, time for our special guest here on today's edition of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. Morecambe FC director Charlie Appleyard. Sit back and enjoy this, please, Shrimps fans. Loads of great stuff in here, all about matters on and off the field at the Mazuma Stadium. And a subject that's, of course, really close to Charlie's heart as well. Charlie lives with Parkinson's disease. He's been talking to me about how that affects his day-to-day life, what he's doing about that, his fundraising efforts, and loads more besides. Some really, really good stuff in here with Charlie. Shrimps fans, I hope you enjoy it. So we're already, Charlie, nearly a quarter of the way through the season already. I, I can't believe how, how, how it's flying by and, and the, the buzz around the club and around supporters and around the town. It doesn't seem to be dying down at all. No, I mean, it feels like two minutes ago since we were in, in Portman Road, isn't it, really? I mean, it's, been, it's, just, it's still continuing to be dream world, but I believe it's going to continue for a long time, Dave. I really do. I think we've got an amazing set of uh, players, management team, Operations people, um, media people, um, fans, supporters, everyone in the town. I've been I've been lucky enough to be spend the last five or six days in the town and in Lancaster and Morecambe. Everyone I've been speaking to is buzzing about the football. And um, went to the training ground yesterday and been to the academy today. And everyone's everyone's just buzzing about it. It's just fantastic. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it in Morecambe. Obviously, we've had highs in the past of promotions and near misses and, and everything that's gone with that but 
the whole vibe, and I suppose it's the same for any town, isn't it, Charlie? If the football club's doing well, the town gets a whole booster, and that's certainly what's happened here. And that's part of the three-year plan, you know, to make the, to help the town and the local area and be, be a dominant force in North Lancashire football, but also really benefit the community. It's really, really important to James and I and Rod and Graham and to make sure we push that agenda. So let's talk about that three-year plan then, Charlie, if we may. Uh, when we spoke to James a few weeks ago, he said we're either at the end of the three-year plan or in the last year of it, or it's been completely put in the bin because we're that far ahead of where we anticipated we were going to be. Although James Wakefield is my best friend in the world, I disagree with that statement. I, don't, I, I, think, I, I still think it's a three-year plan. We've, 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 we've hit the League One part, which is great, but there are a lot of things we need to do to achieve our goal of being sustainable, competitive, profitable, and you know, pushing towards the Championship. You know, I know that's not part of the three-year plan originally, but that's, 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 I think James means it, it's... Uh, I'm ingesting, by the way. But it, you know, it's, it's the evolution of the plan, yeah. more than the plan being finished. And, uh, you know, we've just got, we've got so many things to look at that, that we can improve. I mean, I've been, down, I've been in the club today for three or four hours, and I've, I, just, I can see so many things we can improve. Everything's good, but every, we want to be excellent. And uh, that's what we're trying to do. And... Uh, We've got some updates coming up from Ryan, um, Ryan Daly, who's been a great acquisition, as you know. Um, he's nearly as good as Matt Smith, isn't he? But, uh, Don't tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, I, I can just see improvements to be made. And on the whole, um, the plan is, is, is getting there, but there's, there's work to do. And, and it, we will get there, but it will take time, of course. I think we've come, I think it's fair to say, we're so far, so fast. Yeah. It's not perfect yet. It can't possibly be perfect yeah. yet because we've, we, we've come so far so quickly. But we will get there eventually. Exactly. And we'd much rather be in the situation where we are than, than chasing our tail a bit. Mm. But uh, I interviewed a guy today who's uh, going to be very, hopefully very key high on the football side, which I can't talk about now, but we will be in the next couple of weeks where, you know, he, this candidate asked me about, um, you know, we're we happy where things are. And we are happy, but we, we, we know there's improvements to be made. And... Uh, we will, we will get there. And I was saying to Dermot and, uh, and Stephen yesterday when I met them at the university that, you know, they're doing, we're all, they're, they're happy, we're happy, everything's going great, but there's certain things we need to get, we need to get the training ground. You know, it's really, really important to have a training ground. We need to, we need to try and get this button by, you know, we need to try and make some acquisitions to try and achieve that. But in the meantime, it's a step-by-step -step process. So we need to, we need to there's, there's a few things we need to do at the university, the training pitches, which we need to work on which we've worked on today and trying to get that resolved. So just because we've gone so far and so quickly doesn't mean we're going to continue that pace. And it's not just yourself, Charlie, or you and James and Rod. It's the whole of the board and, and, and the whole of the Morecambe family. Everybody contributes to the machine. Yes, I, I, I met Stuart and Wayne from the academy today and we're speaking about the Morecambe family. You know, the, 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 the ladies football, the Shrimps Trust, the community sports, uh, the academy and the football club all coming together like we said in the three-year plan. And I, I, Stuart said we should all have a, a meeting, a monthly meeting, which is a very good point of us progressing things. I, I call it the family planning clinic, um, but it's, uh, I don't think that, that name's going to get through. But um, we need to make sure we, we, we're working together with the, with the, with the family. Because, I mean, I was really impressed with Stuart and Wayne today, what they're doing. They've, they've got a vision for the... Um, the academy with their new head of recruitment, Tom, and 
you know, it's just great to see. I mean, as a, as a, as a fan, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just amazing to see what we're doing. I suppose it helps as well, doesn't it, when you've got people like Stuart and, and, and Neil and, and other people who were former players, they've been part of the Morecambe setup for a long time. You combine that with the, the relatively new, if you want to call it that, expertise of, of, of new directors, new general manager, new media team, etc., etc., and that all comes together, well, seemingly at the moment, quite nicely. Yeah, it, it all comes back to what I was saying to you today. You know, the Morecambe Football Club is a business first and foremost, and we must treat it like that. We're all fans of the football club. We all, we all, you know, the name of one passion, more passionate than me. We want results. But the, we have to have the stable, stable business with the best people possible. No, um, no, no sort of weak links. We need to make sure everyone, everyone's pulling in the same direction. Everyone, which is which is what we've got. Mm-hmm. Where everyone's, everyone knows what the plan is. Everyone knows what's expected of them, and we, and we move forward. And that's how that, and that's what, we, that's what makes a successful business. And then the top of the great work that the players are all doing, and, the, and Stephen, and hopefully we'll be getting good results tonight, and we'll. Uh, We'll, 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 it's a perfect combination. We'll talk more about on the field matters in, in, in a few moments if, uh, if we may, Charlie. But in terms of yourself, you're obviously a director of the club. You are a successful managing director of, of a business elsewhere. Where, and of course, the club are very grateful for sponsorship and, 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 and whatever else has come with that in years gone by. How do you juggle being a successful businessman and the custodian of a professional football club and the rest of your life? How, how do you balance that all out? Good question. Um, I've got a very understanding wife, first of all, and uh, she's, she's obviously wonderful, lovely darling. <laughs> she won't be listening to this at the moment. Um, but, um, you know, I, 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 I never stop. You know, you've seen me walking, you know, because I, I, I've got a bit of my Parkinson's, I, 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 I like to make sure I'm doing positive things all the time to keep going. When you slow down, and you, 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 you're, not, you're, not, you're inactive. Your symptoms are worse. Um, I love I love what I do. Um, my, my company is, is run very well by um, by us, and I've, I've, I, I do less than I used to do in, in the business, and uh, that may that, that's, that's uh, understood. But uh, you know, I, I, I think the football club in around work, um, and. Um, I just generally, I'm very good with time management. <laughs> I suppose you have. Well, if you're so busy, you have to be good with time management, don't you? So. And yeah, you know, I don't concentrate. I concentrate on the important. I like to make a difference quickly, and make and concentrate on the, on the important things that can be changed quickly, and then have the strategy in the background. Um, I think that's why the football club's gone fairly well because we've got such a good mix of people. You know, it's, it's it, Graham, Rod, Mick. Me, James, Jason, Jason, Colin, Duggan, we're nearly enough credit, I don't think, sometimes. And um, with everyone underneath us, we're all, we're all a great team. So very briefly, Charlie, can we touch on how, you're, how you became uh, a local to a fan, to a sponsor, to a director? What, what, what journey did that take for those who, who, who were unaware? Well, potted history was, I, 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 was, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2016. And then obviously life changes then, you know, it could be a lot worse. It's very, it's, it's, there's no cure for it, but it is, you, you can take medication for it. But um, you know, then you think times and times and times are ticking. Then I found out that I wanted to be involved in the club, found a shirt sponsor, um, it's called Graham, had a chat to him. But off the back of that, I got to know, I became a shirt sponsor two, two three years ago. Came to the gala dinner, um, speeches given talking about, we've got to stay in League Two. 
you know, I got through, I, I give a speech to the next about being East one saying why well, he shouldn't be saying stay in League Two, we need to aim higher, we're getting in League One. You, know, you, you can't. That, that was that was that was the, the ethos that came across, and obviously there had been issues with that, um, with all that horrible stuff that everyone had to deal with. But we were coming out of that, so <laughs> look, <laughs> Graham Rodden, everyone did a fantastic job back then. But James and I took over when Jim left, and of that, then built a relationship with, with with the owners. And James and I asked to join the board, and that was that. Was that. So it has been a bit of a, a whirlwind couple of seasons, all things considered. Adding to the mix coronavirus and, and no fans and, and all the challenges that brings, it's been pretty hectic then. Completely hectic, you know. It's, it's never so, the, the, the difference in the three seasons I've been doing it, you know, trying to get off the bottom of the Football League. Covid, going to watch, being privileged to watch some of the games. I mean, it was, it was funny. That was, that was a big, 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 great, great privilege to be able to do. Wembley, best day of my life, categorically, and um, then, then this season with, with, the, with the amazing attendances and a bit of Gillingham being to Ipswich, we Wickham on Saturday, all the unique grounds that they've been to. So it's great. And League One this season, the real mix of former Premier League sides, sleeping giants. It's week on week. It's the stuff of dreams, isn't it? In terms of who we play. I mean, I love your podcast and I love the Stream Trust podcast, but there are loads of podcasts out there which yeah. I listen to them all. Third tier, NTT Twenty Football League show. They all love Morecambe. You know, everyone was giving Morecambe Appleton Game of the Week. Quest, Colin Murray. I met Colin in the car park in Wembley. You know, saying how great, you know, how what a big supporter he is. It's just be people just want to watch us. It's just it's just uh, in League One, there are the big teams. They they say they 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 don't think they deserve to be there, but they are there, and they find it tough. And then you've got the, the, the smaller teams like the Wimbledons, the uh, the um, Accrington, and the, those sorts of teams who are not even surviving, just f- 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 um, flourishing. Mm. It's great. Now, if you're a fan, Charlie, I suppose you're from a, of a club of Morecambe size over the last couple of years. When the COVID-19 pandemic hit, fans can't go to grounds and obviously the knock-on effect that has financially on, on clubs of our size. I know we're OK and obviously we've managed to, to sell a couple of players, which obviously helps balance the books. But that must have been a really tough year or so, knowing that perhaps income... And, and the future was was uncertain. Yeah, definitely. I think um, it's uh, it was you sort of block out your mind a bit because obviously I had my business and all my, all my other stuff going on as well. Where, um, but when we when we looked at it, you know, we had the um, we, didn't, we we haven't got loads of costs because we had a low budget. <laughs> so you no, know, anyone who wants us to have a higher budget, it probably saves them a lot of ways with the, with the playing budget and that sort of stuff. Derek was a wonderful. I really like Derek. I'll never forget the the opportunity. The opportunity I had to spend time with him to, when we got promoted. He he did a great job. But with Derek, he was very focused on the first team, not having a big squad, concentrating on the first team football only. So there wasn't much to worry about with with extra costs in the in the in the, in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the business, but in the club. Everyone got behind us. The the, the uh, I think you know Freeze who. Freezing Glen on the iFollow was brilliant. I mean, uh, uh, you know, it brought the, everyone watching. Everyone, everyone watching on iPlayer together, which was, you know, I know Tim was talking about biscuits, but 
I'd probably talk too much about mushy peas, but I'm hungry. Um, um, but you know, it was it was it was that was great, and everyone just came together, and I think that kept us going. Jason and Colin were great. Um, we we are we are good business people. I think people we've come out of it looking looking quite good. They, they, you know, we asked people to trust us, and they did. And then the students' trust were great. You know, because like um, uh, Steve Duran and and uh, uh, Paul Hodgson, all those guys really supported. So all in all, it was very much like a siege mentality. Everyone's in it together, yeah. and the football results were good. So it helped us. That yeah. helps, of course, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we've got the the business plan, the three year plan, the revised three year plan, if you like. Within that, I, I suppose we've got two key elements, haven't we? One is the here and now, and, and how we can improve on what we've already got. And, and secondly, the plans for the future, rest of the season. Um, and of course, beyond that, speaking to James and speaking to other people in the club, they talk about trying to make the the football club a three hundred and sixty five day a year business money making machine, if you like, not just the twenty five home games per season. And how important is that for the sustainability of the club? Yeah, the, 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 we've got to make it. We've got to have it. So, we're making a good profit. We made we made a tidy profit last year. Um, and we need to make sure we need to maintain that with the attendances, but also with um, the non the non football side, which is which is which about Ben's 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 helping out, and there's lots of things happening there. But also the main the main way we need to make make money is through having the academy, developing players, coming into the first team, uh, selling. You know, we sold a player to Manchester United through the academy last year, who's doing really well. And um, we've obviously generated money from player sales, and then obviously we want to bring that the concept back and also because we have to. You know, we're not. We're not a. I'm, I'm glad we're not owned by a multi, multi, multi millionaire. We're, we're, we're running a really, really good football club. We rely on those football fortunes. Hopefully, we get to the FA Cup fifth, sixth round, semi final, and make some money there. So, every bit of revenue we can get is important. A cup run would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Especially if been hopefully going to a Premier League ground away from home with fans this season. That would be. Uh, that would be absolutely incredible. But. I think all fans, from Morgan's point of view, Charlie, they understand the need to have that model of having players, I'm going to name names, Carlos, Sam Lavelle, I suppose people like Ryan Cooney and others in the current squad, who we can get in for free, we can train them up, we can make them better players, and then they become an asset that we can move on to help sustain the club further. And that's the business model that, that, that's working for us at the moment. And, and that's how it's, I suppose, going to be going forward. Exactly. You know, we, we, they're all such great guys. Some of the players, they say, they're all great spirits. They're all, they're all very talented. And, but, you know, they want, they, they want to progress their careers like Sam and Carlos did. You know, we, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not um, you know, arrogant enough to think they want to stay more for the rest of their career. But, you know, when we get in the championship, that might change. But um, the, the current current business model is to to develop players, keep as many as possible, and keep that main, maintain that quality. But Stephen's done it in Motherwell, and that's why he was such a strong candidate. And that's why you know we we, we, we want to have a small number of players to be able to make make transfers and give them the opportunity to go to bigger 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 clubs out of the pyramid. Is that a worry from a director's point of view, Charlie? When you get players, or look at let's look at Cole Stockton for example, he must be on. Other football clubs' radars inevitably. 
what is the mindset from from a board member's point of view? Do you think, well, there's probably going to be bids for him, so this is how much we probably value him at, or do you wait and see what happens? What, what is the process? First and foremost, we don't really get involved in football matters at all, and that, that we, it would all be up to Stephen in what he wants, what he, what he wants to do, and you know, as, as the first team manager, you know, we don't get involved in any. Um, Transfer um, transfer um, choices. We don't get involved in. We leave that to the football manager. And I think that's why people like being, being the manager of Morecambe. You know, we, we don't. We're not football people. So Steve, if, if 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 any player a bid came in or there was interest, we'd go to the, the manager. Would make the decision what we wanted to do, and obviously consultation with the player. And uh, if it was right for everyone, then 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 we would look at it. And obviously, the length of the contract, how long we got left. Um, so it's case by case basis, but you know, categorically, we do not, we don't get involved in football matters. And if there was a player who was, any player who was, who was, he was on a, there was offers in, in half of the season. Obviously, got to work out is it worth taking a chance, keeping the end of the season, and try and maintain the league states and that sort of stuff. So um, it's it's a real it's a real tough one. So under your directorship, then Charlie, we've we've had three managers, Jim and Derek. And, and now Stephen, three very different characters, but three great managers for us mm. for different reasons too. Yeah, um, you know, all, all, all great. They're all very, very different, like you say. Jim was great with me, helped me promote my Parkinson's football team. You know, we got us to the little, let's all come down to training and promote our, we were on Sky Sports News and Five Live with playing, playing with, with Kevin, Barry and, and Jim and Sam. That was great, and he, he was—he was—and he was, I was actually there. In the last game, he was—he was the manager at the Stevenage game. Mm. And he let my, let, my, let my son become the mascot, introduce the players in the change room. I could tell something was wrong, and he was—he started to cry. And it was a very emotional day for everyone, obviously. But um, what, what a man to still invite my son along to do that, even though he knew what was going on. Derek, a lot of time for. Really liked the guy. He's very straight talking. Very, very, very strange in my life. He knew where you stood with him. Um, and I, sat, I, 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 I wasted a lot of my family holiday trying to stop him from resigning. Um, but, he, but he obviously went to Bradford, wish him all the best. And then Stephen and, and Derma have just been brilliant. Perfect, perfect match for what we're looking to do. Did Stephen Robinson apply for the job or did we go looking for him or how did, how did it yeah, come he about? For the job, yeah. He applied for the job, like Rod was saying this afternoon, that, you know, um, it was, it was, there was, there was two, 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 maybe three, I think it was two, we had a lot of CVs, mm. but we didn't have much time. But Stephen's CV was so strong, he was, he was just head and shoulders above the rest. How do you, how, as a football manager, how do you apply to a football club for, for a role? Because you, oh, you can't exactly see it on Indeed or somewhere, can you? It's a very unique, yeah. very unique industry I'm learning, you know, everyone knows everything. And, you know, you've got age, you've got, you've got agents sending CVs, and you've got people sending CVs in, yeah. and there's some amazing. Thankfully, I can't I can't say they are, but there's some really really famous names who applied. But Stephen was the uh, because of his motherwell journey and what he's done, it was just perfect. And certainly so far so good in in that regard. The, the appointment, well, and Derek's appointment, both being vindicated as yeah, it stands. Yeah, yeah, it's great work by Graham Rod and um, and Mick and the two processes to sort it out. Yeah. So let's talk about yourself then, Charlie, for a while, if we can. You've touched upon it already. A lot of Morecambe fans will know about your condition. Some wouldn't have the first clue about it. They'll see your picture. They'll see your you, you've been interviewed 
on websites and, and see you around the club and, and they wouldn't necessarily know about your Parkinson's. Tell us if you can briefly about how it came about because you and I, Charlie, are very similar age. I think I'm just a couple of years younger than you. I think you're two years old. Well, thanks very much. I just had a harder paper round, but maybe, I don't know. Um, I think if I was to personally have news like that, I'm not sure I'd know how to react. So, so, so how did it come around and how's the journey been? Well, I was diagnosed in 2016, but it was about 2013, I think, was coming on. But you, you, you obviously don't know what it is, you didn't know what Parkinson's was, but um, uh, I had two... You met my son the other day, he was a mascot, he's eight years old, six, yeah. about six foot tall. Um, he was an 11, 11 pound baby. My second son was about 10 pounds, and I was, I was unfit for a young dad. I just thought I was just breaking down and be getting older. But, anyway, long story short, it turns out I had Parkinson's, which is a degenerative neurological condition where your brain doesn't produce chemical or dopamine, which is a movement. movement uh, so, it's like the oil that helps you move. Um, and it affects things like uh, my speech, so I speak quieter, I mumble a lot, which I never used to do when I was with myself on podcasts. I, I can't walk quite as well. When I went to Stuart and Wayne this morning, medication was working there to help me stand up. Um, but on the whole, you know, I knocked around Morgan Golf in 77 yesterday, so it's not too bad. Um, but I, I, um, as people who know me and come across me, I'm, I'm, uh, there's no one more positive in the, in, in the world than me, I don't think, across the board. Keep busy, keep positive. And I want to show people that even though you have, even they have this condition, it's absolutely crap. I'm not saying it's not, but you know you, you can. You, you, so it's all a lot of it's in the mind, and a lot of it's you know you've got to stay positive and keep healthy and strong till the cure comes along. So running your own business, being the director of a League One football club, everything else that comes along with your personal life, and you've got this to deal with as well. How do you balance all that together? You must, that that must that must take enormous strength if you don't mind me saying so yeah it's, uh, I don't know I just, I just, I just deal with it I think um, it's just a situation where you know I'm, 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 I've, the best thing I've ever done in my life is being down to Morgan Football Club it's not finished yet and uh, I, 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 I just find a way to fit it all in um, and uh, as I say with a great family behind me yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't have done this without James because he, he is an unbelievable asset to the football club and we just we just muck in together and get it done now you are a big advocate of sport and exercise as being a one of the key i suppose non-medical drivers if you like of of helping the condition so tell us a bit more about uh, about the cure parkinson's trust and about sports parkinson's well cure parkinson's trust are the only charity in the uk that are concentrating on finding a cure purely finding a cure and we're passionate with that charity but, but I also run a company called Sport Parkinson's, which promotes activity. Two and a half hours of exercise a week in Parkinson's can delay the onset of the disease and delay the progression. So I, I put things like I put a, Jason Collin let me have the six way stadium for free the, in July. We had 450 people at Parkinson's come along and play sports, trying to 20 different sports to try. We've got the Parkinson's, Sport Parkinson's, Four Nations Golf. Week on Monday at the Belfry, which is three days of Parkinson's people playing golf and celebrity partners. So I'm, I'm playing Mike Tindall, Natalie Pinkham. Um, there's big Westlife playing, playing Gavin Hastings, Scott Quinnell. Lots of great people coming to help us raise money. We've already raised £110,000. Wow. We've got two weeks to go. We haven't even had the auction yet. So, you know, just trying to be a positive, positive person. 
get you know I'm, I'm, I'm for, you know, I'm a very I'm a very persuasive person. We've got about five or six people so far I've got them playing golf again and they've given up. <laughs> when they ring when they ring up and say they've, they've started playing golf again and they've they're playing golf and they're really enjoying it, they wish they'd never given up and thank you for forcing me to do it. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, it's that's what makes me feel good, helping people improve their lives, whether it's through football, recruitment, um, or just being a good person. And I suppose to let's say you're an initiated, if you want to, if you want to describe it as that, you, you think of somebody with Parkinson's and you think, oh, it's the shaking condition, mm. but look looking at you now and, t- and talking to you and and, and the time I, I've known you, it's a lot more than that, isn't it? But with that positive mindset, there can be so much that can be achieved despite of it. Yeah, exactly, but you know, there are, there are a lot of dark times, but mm. for everyone, but I think with, um, with um, the mindset thing, you, you can you can either you can either give up or keep going, and uh, you know, there's, there's 40 symptoms at least, you know, ranging from I don't shake, and that's why I never knew how, if I was shaking, I probably have thought what it was. And that's why when I first met you, I, I, I had no idea. Yeah, there's, 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 there's the miserable face when people say looking miserable. That's just one of those things. There's the quiet voice. There's uh, getting out of a chair, walking, um, balance. Um, you know, uh, so actual brain you know, psychotic nightmares and dementia problems but that's why it's so hard to find a cure because you know there's 40 different types of breast cancer for example there's 40 different variants of it I think there's 40 different of Parkinson's that's why it's so hard to find a cure for it because you might spend 20 years finding a cure for one of 20 different things so that's why we need to raise 50, 50 million pounds we need to raise for cure Parkinson's. I think if we raise 50 million we can find a cure. And that's what we're trying to do. And you've already made enormous inroads into that just just from what you've done in the last few years and yeah. I suppose it, hopefully that can keep rolling on and keep snowballing the yeah, yeah. We've set up a, cure Parkinson's have set up a development board where we've got all the people with Parkinson's who are business people. There's a lot better people than me on the board. Very much more impressive but you know, we're trying to find some big ticket, big business. You know, people can run a golf day or, you know, run sink, sink a bath of beans and do a marathon, which is all highly, yeah. highly appreciated. We need, we need to find someone who's got £50 million. Pounds. Yeah. And uh, you'd have to have a lot of friends to raise £50 million pounds mm-hmm. for doing, doing, doing Great North Run, you know, which I've done myself, and it's great, but we need, to, we need to find some real, real high, high net worth individuals to help us achieve the cure. I think the positivity is it's inspirational, Charlie, and I'm not just like saying that because you're sitting next to me here now. I'm, I think, as I said a few minutes ago, if that had happened to me at a similar age to what happened to you, I'm not sure I could have handled it. I will say, I, yeah, you, you don't know that until that actually happens yeah. to you. And I hope it never happens to anyone, yeah. and everyone has bad news, but the human spirit is, is, is very, 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 very... Um, Resilient, and uh, I think most people uh, give a you know, most people give a good, 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 good fist to it. So, um, you know, I, I don't think it's that. I personally don't think it's uh, that much of a that much of a of a, of a, of a, of a big of a big thing. But I think most people would be the same. And of course, Morecambe being as successful as, as as the club is at the moment, that that obviously helps lift the spirit, I suppose, and, and certainly keeps you busy too. 
Yeah, I mean, if, you know, finally, I'd just say that, you know, I, I said to Dermot and Stephen yesterday that we're on, we're on an upward trajectory. We can keep going. We've got to try and, we're not arrogant, you know, we're not arrogant people. We've got our feet on the ground. We follow the plan. And I, I, if we keep going and, and we achieve our goals, I, I do believe that everyone part of the club, but from fans to directors to players, I think we can be part of the, bit, the biggest success story of, of British sport for the last 50, 60 years if we, if we achieve our goals. And that's what, that's what drives me more than anything. I suppose that's my final question to you, Charlie, is it's the sales pitch. We're doing fantastically. Attendances are brilliant. There's so much positivity in the club. There's so much more coming down the tracks. We need people to keep coming and keep supporting the club. Keep coming, keep positive. Like I've said in the programme notes in the programme at the moment, you know, for every Wimbledon and Doncaster, for lost for different reasons. <laughs> but people are getting a bit ag- agitated. There's always a career Alexander and there's always a Sheffield Wednesday and Accrington around the corner. Keep positive, stick together, and we will get there. I, I, I honestly believe that. You know, it's a baby steps model, which is fully achievable. And uh, you know, with, uh, you, know, you guys have been great with, with your podcasts and communication. I think if we all work together, we'll we'll have a really, really exciting future. And if you're not a season ticket holder, well, I suppose if you are a season ticket holder, you've already had your money's worth, haven't you? From the home games we've had so far, if you've not come down much to the Mazuma this season, it's unbelievable, isn't it? You know, I, I, I always go back to when just I became a director, I went to the merchants across the road from here with eight school friends, they all had sons who played football and they went to watch football with them, none of them came to Morecambe. You know, those people are coming to watch Morecambe now and it's exciting, it's, it's, it's good value, it's bringing back into community and it's so positive. You know, even, even on Saturday we went 10 men, 3-2 three, two, three, three, two down, did we go 2-1 down as well? 2-1 yeah. down and 3-2 yeah. down. No one moaned, no one, no one got angry. Everyone, everyone stayed positive. And you know, everything we've spoken about is all about being positive. And if you're positive, good things happen. We always appreciate your time, Charlie. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully, we'll let's speak to you very soon when Morecambe are even higher up the table than what we are now. Thank you. Thank you. A huge thanks to Morecambe FC director Charlie Appleyard. Loads of great stuff there. Shrimps fans have matters both on and off the field. And of course, a personal touch to Charlie. Thank you so much indeed. It was an absolute honour and a privilege uh, to speak to you. And that's just about it from this episode of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. A reminder that Shrimps Live is the only place where you can hear full, uninterrupted commentary of every single Morecambe FC game, league and cup, home and away. It's all on Beyond Radio across North Lancashire on 103.5 and 107.5 FM and also by the iFollow Shrimps platform too. Thanks for listening and we'll speak to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.